Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray together. And now, Heavenly Father, as we turn to your word, that we believe, as it says of itself, that it is God-breathed. Lord, we pray that through your word and by your spirit, you would breathe on us the breath of life and that you would call us to yourself. Help us to lift up Jesus. Help us to look to Jesus. For Lord, you said that if you would be lifted up, you would draw all people unto yourself. And so we pray that you would draw all of us, whether we're participating in the room or we are participating by virtual means, that you would draw all of us to you right now. And Lord, we pray that you would renew us, that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds so that when we leave this moment, and we go back out into the world that we leave different, more like Jesus, for it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. If you're going to invest your life in other people, there will be times when you feel like a broken record. Now, I'm thankful to live in a day and an age when we can now say a broken record and people understand what that means again. There was a period where nobody understood what a broken record was. Now, they're selling vinyl again. How about that? But if you're going to invest your life in other people, you are going to feel like a broken record. What does a broken record do? It skips, and it says the same thing over and over and over. Les Forsyth and I coach basketball together. We are coaching 10 and 11-year-old girls, and we say a lot of the same things over and over and over. My son's basketball coach yesterday in the middle of a freshman game looked at his team and said, everybody look at me. And he said, try this. And he made the motion of what it means to box out. Just try this. And they've been playing basketball for a long time. How many times have they been told, box out to get a rebound? I'm sure if you're a physician, you get tired of saying the same things to patients over and over and over again. Uh, Some people think that when they're in your office, that's when the magic happens, and you try to convince them that, no, what you do every single day is where the magic happens, and then we check up, and I try to make sure you're headed in the right direction. If you're a teacher, my goodness, how many times do you have to say the same things over and over and over again? And it doesn't matter if you're in preschool or you're in postgrad. Some of you professors have to say, I told you to read the syllabus. I told you to read the syllabus. I told you to read the syllabus because we really do hold you to that standard. We say the same things over and over. And one of the things that, that I believe God has called me to say over and over, and you might be sick of hearing it by now, but I'm going to keep saying it because I believe God calls me to say it to me and to you, is that is to get in your Bible every single day. Literally in 2017, Lifeway Research did a study, and what they were studying was young adults, young adults who had emerged into adulthood and were still active in living out their faith. And they just asked the question, what did you do growing up? What were the things that were a part of your life as you grew up that might have been instrumental in the fact that you are still embracing a vibrant faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today in young adulthood. And by far, more than double even that which came in second place, the number one deciding factor that was the most spiritually impactful practice that any of these young adults participated in throughout their young life was reading God's Word on their own. 
I mean, it was far and away. If you're looking at the bar graph, the bar extends far beyond all the other practices. And it's not that it's the only thing we ought to do, but it turns out that from empirical study, it is the most effective thing we can do. And I believe that if you're in the Word every day, that will result in other practices being embraced in your life, one of them being a part of church, joining together with the community of Christ, gathering with the saints to worship the risen Savior. I believe if you're reading your Bible every day, it will change the way that you interact with your husband or your wife, your kids, your roommates. It will change the way that you interact with people at your job. It will change the way that you interact with yourself. It is far and away the most impactful practice, and studies have actually indicated that to be the case. So I want to encourage you yet again in 2023. Read your Bible every single day. If you need a plan, we have one. I'm a week into it, and I'm loving it so far. Read your Bible every single day. It'll change your life. It will absolutely change your life. You know, some of those things that people say to us over and over that maybe we get tired of hearing can actually be transformative. When I was starting my weight loss journey, one of my trainers said over and over and over again, you can't out-train a bad diet. You can't out-train a bad diet. And what was he saying? He was saying that coming in here for an hour, even if you do every single day, cannot overcome horrible food decisions that you make throughout the rest of the day. And he said this, and, and he was exactly right. I found this to be experientially true. If you're on a weight loss journey, that journey will be 90% decided by what you eat and 10% decided by how you move. Is movement important? Yes, but if you're trying to lose weight, as I have been, or had been for many years, what you eat is so much more important. So you have to get your priorities right. Well, in your faith, the best priority you can make is reading God's Word. And, and honestly, I interacted with a few of our folks that read God's Word every day and read God's Word through every year, and you're gonna hear some of their testimony today as well. But I want to invite you to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 12 through 21 today, and this will be our theme. My faith will grow as I am in the Word day by day. My faith will grow as I am in the Word day by day. <clears throat> now keep in mind who's writing this. This is Peter. You know Peter. Peter had some wonderful moments. Peter also had some tough moments. Peter spoke often in a fashion that I've heard referred to as ready, fire, aim. In other words, it crossed his lips before it crossed his mind. And sometimes that resulted in some rough things for Peter. We know that Peter denied Jesus three times, calling down curses upon himself, saying, I do not know the man. But this is Peter toward the end of his life. Peter transformed by the Holy Spirit that dwells within him. Peter, who had been called to lead, to shepherd, to guide. And this is what Peter says as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. 
Our first point today is this. Through the Word, God reminds me who I am. Through the Word, God reminds me who I am. Peter says that he's writing these things down to stir up God's people by way of reminder. Well, what exactly is Peter reminding us of? Well, to see that, let's just look at the preceding verses. Look with me at verse 1 and following. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. His divine power, listen to this, this is unbelievable. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from all his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's he reminding us of? Well, he's reminding us who we are. He's reminding us that if we're in Christ, God has, through Jesus, adopted us by His grace into His family. He calls us His own. He calls us His children. And the problem with that is that like children, sometimes we forget. Do your kids ever forget? My children went back to school this week. Praise God Almighty. I thank you for every school teacher in this room. Thank you for the job you do, and I thank you for putting up with my children eight to nine hours a day, five days a week. I love them. I love them. And they love me, but sometimes we need a little separation. Amen? Well, through Christmas break, one of the things that I would often remind them, like a broken record, is to clean up after themselves. And both of them have the ability to leave trails. I don't have to ask where they've been. All I have to do is observe where they've been. How many of you live in that reality or you remember that reality? How many of you having grandkids over to the house remember that reality acutely? Grandkids are great, they say, but they're great because you can love them, spoil them, and then send them home. Well, like children, sometimes we forget what God has said. We forget the great price that He has paid for us. We forget the great plan that He has for us, and we forget that He has given us the pattern whereby we are to live that puts us in God's best for us. And I'm just going to tell you, the Bible says that God has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. 
In the Bible, God has given us everything we need to know for life and godliness. Now, has He given us everything? No. There's plenty of hidden things that belong to God, but the revealed things that are revealed in His Word belong to us and to our children forevermore. So God has given us what we need to live. And unfortunately, sometimes we neglect to take up that which He's given us that we need to live. I ask a few of our members, just, just some folks that I knew were a part of reading the Bible every day, and I want to share with you what they have to say because you may be tired of hearing me. Dr. Candy Smith says, I read the Bible daily because God has promised to meet and be present with those who seek His face. And as His child, I don't want to miss even one day of that meeting opportunity. The transaction that occurs in those meetings between God's Word and my heart is vital to my sanctification. God speaks as I read His Word. When I stand amazed in His presence and listen, He changes my heart and leads me in the good works He has prepared for me. Sandra Webb said, I read the Bible first thing in the morning because it sets my mind for the day before life's busyness gets in the way. Reading Scripture each day keeps me on the right path. And Betty Lyon said it, as time has passed and life has progressed, I realized and felt more of a need to absorb God's words as being directly sent to me for my guidance in daily living. In other words, the more I read, the more I hear and feel and see God's presence in my daily activities and circumstances, giving me strength and encouragement because I trust God to take care of me. And I would echo those sentiments exactly. Amen and amen. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Look with me at verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. Our second point. Through the Word, God reveals to me who he is. Through the Word, God reveals to me who he is. And what you have in the Bible is, is, is the revelation of Almighty God that He has given by human authors as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. There's another broken record moment for me. My kids were picking on me just last night about this. I always say, so-and-so writes, I just carried along by the Holy Spirit. Well, you're getting ready to see where that comes from. But God has given us His Word. It is God-breathed. He inspires every bit of it. And He does so by carrying along these human authors. But what does Peter talk about here? He says, we were with him on the holy mountain. Well, he's talking about the transfiguration. And did you know that Peter shared his eyewitness account of Jesus' ministry with a young man named John Mark? We call him Mark. He wrote the Gospel of Mark. And this is Peter's recollection, as recounted to John Mark, who wrote it down, of that moment he's referencing here. This is Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 8. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, 
as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. There's ready aim fire, or ready fire aim right there. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Just as an aside, real quick, notice that Peter did not know what to say, but he said something. That's usually never a good idea. Back to the text. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified, and a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. Peter is describing in 2 Peter chapter 1 what he saw and as recounted in Mark chapter 9 where Jesus was transfigured. And there with Moses and Elijah and Peter and James and John, all huge figures in church history, God the Father speaks audibly and says to all of those gathered there, even Moses and Elijah, this, Jesus, is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. And Peter says, we were with him on the mountain. We, we saw this. And by God's grace, they recounted it to us. You know, the Bible is amazing because it was written by 40 authors over the period of 1,500 to 2,000 years on three continents, Europe and Africa and Asia. And it has endured. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the unifier of it. 66 different books, 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it reveals one unified message, all of which magnifies Jesus. It's utterly miraculous how God did that. He didn't just dictate it to one person in one sitting and say, take this down. No, God worked in and through the lives of human authors as He carried them along by His Holy Spirit to give us one unified whole so that we don't talk about the 66 individual books of the Bible, but we talk about what? The Bible. And God calls us to get into it. Jesus Himself magnified it. He said, nothing in the Old Testament will fade away, and He said, the Holy Spirit will inspire you apostles to recount the New Testament so that people might know me, he said. It's really an unbelievable thing. And when we engage in God's Word every day, here's what we do. We meet the author. We meet the author. Blake Sapp, who's our youth pastor here, you just saw him pray over the offering. He said this, reading Scripture is one venue of knowing God deeper. It reveals characteristics of God. It reveals the nature of God. How can we love and devote our lives deeply to a God we don't even know? A little bonus reason is it enhances your prayer life. When you can talk to God and reminisce on the goodness He has demonstrated in Scripture, it allows you to converse so much deeper. When you read His Word, you meet the one who breathed it out. And it makes your prayer life deeper, Blake says, and I agree with that wholeheartedly because it brings to remembrance what God has done. And for every one of us, God's done a lot, hasn't He? Well, now look with me at verse 19 through 21. 
Peter writes, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Our third and final point today is this. Through the Word, God radiates His light upon my path. Through the Word, God radiates His light upon my path. I love it. At VBS, we still do the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. And somebody will hold that Red Pew Bible. And everybody will stand up and will salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Bible. God's holy word, I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Isn't that great? I learned that when I was three years old at a vacation Bible school at the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. I'm so thankful that our kids still learn it today. But that's, that's aligning our life with what God has said. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Through His Word, God speaks to me right where I am. Ralph Dillahay, who serves our church in many capacities, but he's also the Sunday school teacher for the Encourager Sunday school class, said, what benefit have I gotten from this discipline? I've read passages in the Bible that seem to have been written just for me at just specific times in my life. My reading has raised questions in my mind that I've never thought of before and caused me to explore to find the answers. Just last summer, I decided I would get another study Bible to help me find more answers to my questions. That's been very helpful. Most weeks, the readings have an applicable message that I can share in my teaching in my Sunday school lesson. You know what he's saying? He's saying that mysteriously, when we get in the Word, God shows up. And as we open the Word, even if it's to a prescripted plan, a prescribed plan, God still meets us right where we are in that moment and always says something that pertains to right now. It's just unbelievable. So I just want to encourage you. But I want you to notice, and I put this, this one verse, 119, at the, at the bottom of your notes because this verse changed my life. This verse changed my life. And let me tell you why. How many of you have ever said, God, if you would just appear and tell me what to do, I'd do it? You ever said that? Boy, I have. Lord, if you would just appear and give me specific instructions, I'm in. Well, you know what Peter's talking about in this passage? A time when God appeared. Jesus was radiant before them, transfigured to his pre-incarnate glory. Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, they're consulting him. They had a vision of Jesus, and this is what Peter says about that. We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. 
that what we have through the Bible is even more fully confirmed and more profitable to us than a vision of Jesus from which he speaks to us himself. Why? Because he's spoken. He's spoken. This is the Word of Christ. This is the Word of God. And, and listen, mine, mine has red letters in it. Yours might have red letters to say these are the words of Jesus. And, and that's really good. But I want to encourage you because the words of Jesus start in Genesis chapter 1 and go through the end of Revelation. It's all the Word of Christ. None of it more inspired than the rest. Because the same Holy Spirit who carried along Matthew and Mark and Luke and John as they recounted the gospel of Jesus also carried along Moses and all the other human authors who wrote these things down. This is the Word of God. And it might seem mundane to you to open this thing up and read it every day. But I'm going to tell you, some of the greatest power in our lives is revealed from some of the most mundane you know, Tucker Sign, you teach a lot of people how to play basketball. How many times have you said, put it off the glass, use the backboard, use the backboard, take this step, take that step, lay it in. Jeff Reed, you conduct some of the greatest musicians this region has known, but how many times do you have to get back to, this is the basic, this is the basic, this is the basic. Bryson and Andrea make these instruments sing, but you know, if you ask them how do you do it, they're going to go back to the basics. The most basic thing we can do to grow in our faith is to get in the Word every day. I just want to encourage you, implore you, open that book, read it, meet the author, trust Him, and follow Him. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.